Twenty-five-year-old Lori Meadows brushed her long auburn hair back impatiently from her heart-shaped face. She was running late for her job as a charge nurse in the men's rehab unit at Wesley Rehabilitation Center. Her twins, Billy and Brenda, had given her some hard time again today when she dropped them off at the sitter's house on her way to work. She lost 15 minutes trying to reason with them. The sitter assured her that her kids would be off happily playing with the other kids. By the time she pulled into Wesley's parking lot 10 minutes later, she urged her to drop off her kids, kiss them goodbye, and go. But Laurie couldn't do that. It had been only eight weeks since they left their grandparents' home and moved to San Diego. Unaccustomed to her 12-hour shifts and to being left with the sitter, her 11-year-olds were not adapting well to the absence of their grandparents or their mother's 12-hour shifts at Wesley. She just couldn't drop them off and turn her back on them. Lori was committed to being a better parent than she had had. Her green eyes welled up with tears as she recalled a childhood full of pain and shame. Even after nearly 12 years, she still ached with shame and hurt. She still felt self-loathing at the thought of her Uncle Ned with his sweaty hands on her and his hot breath in her ear, warning her that if she breathed a word of his bedtime visits to her room, she would be in trouble. Goodness knows how long Uncle Ned's nightly visits would have continued if Laurie's mother had not recognized the signs of morning sickness. Mrs. McGuire, never one to bury her head in the sand, had hauled her daughter off to a doctor who confirmed that indeed Mrs. McGuire's worst fears were realized. Her 14-year-old daughter was four months pregnant. Her mother tried to get Laurie to tell her which boy had raped her. Ever mindful of Uncle Ned's threats, Laurie remained noncommittal. The doctor suggested that Laurie see a psychiatrist who specialized in teen problems. He also told Laurie's mother that she was too far along for a normal abortion, but indicated that in extreme cases, they could force premature delivery. Within three sessions, Mrs. Lacey's quiet manner had nudged Laurie into revealing her fears and revulsion over Uncle Ned's visits to her bedroom. Uncle Ned disappeared immediately swept away one morning with the trash. Practical Molly McGuire deemed this problem solved. Uncle Ned was gone. Nets came, disposing of the results of his nighttime visits. No one asked Laurie anything, and she was too sick, humiliated, and frightened to voice her concerns. In light of the story, Laurie's doctor agreed that these were unusual circumstances, and the twin baby fetuses should be terminated. When Laurie saw the sonograms of her twins swimming around each other, she refused to terminate her pregnancy. Her mother's arguments for school, career, a normal adolescence were ignored. In the end, Molly stepped up to the plate and agreed to help raise the twins until Laurie could finish school. At Mrs. Lacey's urging, Laurie continued to visit her once a week for two more years. The Uncle Ned incident left her with a great mistrust for males and an aversion to physical contact that therapy only partly cured. So Laurie and her newborn twins came home to live at the McGuire's. Perhaps because of their guilt over the Uncle Ned incident, or maybe because they weren't overworked trying to hold down jobs and feed four children, Molly and Mike McGuire became loving and attentive grandparents. Laurie's days at nursing school were filled with studying, hard work, and female companions. 
When the other girls started talking about sets and boys, Laurie feigned disinterest. Her friends passed it off as sexual inexperience. If only they knew, Laurie thought. 